Welcome to the Shit Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Broder. Are you ready to shoot the shit? Welcome back for some shit talk. Um, It's Liz Broder. Happy Monday. If you're listening to this when it aired, it's actually my brother's birthday. So happy birthday, David. My favorite man. One of my favorite men. Um... The man, the myth, the legend, who actually, I'm mentioning him, it's his birthday, but also because he's the one who taught me about poop. My big brother, he used to call me king shit of turd island, and I loved it. I didn't realize he was insulting me, but I guess that's a big brother's right. So happy birthday, you old ass man. Hope you have an amazing day. Anyway, I'm getting right into it. Summer is almost here. We know that. I've said it a thousand times. But what does that mean? A lot of things. Right now, what's relevant for this episode is that it means summer travel, long weekend getaways, impromptu trips, Hampton share houses, the works. So let's talk about some shit nobody wants to talk about, but almost everyone does, or it impacts almost everyone. I'm talking about GI disruptions when you're traveling, whether that be traveler's constipation or traveler's diarrhea. And if you are not aware of what I'm talking about, good for you. That sounds amazing. I would say, though, most people do experience some sort of GI changes when they travel, whether it be diarrhea or constipation. And actually, according to a 2003 study, I realized that was 20 years ago. But I do imagine it's still true because... I don't think this is changing. I actually would think, if anything, the numbers are even higher because we've only become more sedentary, more dehydrated, and less healthy. But according to this study, developing constipation while traveling is about as common as developing diarrhea. And the study estimated that that traveler's constipation affects about 40% of international travel. So if you're someone who, who suffers from traveler's constipation, you're not alone. If you suffer from traveler's diarrhea, you're also definitely not alone. I think most people have some sort of traveling poop story. I mean, without getting into details, I have several travel poop stories that come to mind. And I'm sure you could have guessed that uh, because I'm a human being and because I've traveled. So yeah, I mean, some that come to mind without getting too graphic. I think of Cabo and Spain. I had some loosey-goosey situations. I'm going to say loosey-goosey on this episode to refer to diarrhea because I just, I don't want to use the D word. Um... I'll use it as as needed, but I prefer loosey-goosey. And specifically, it's so funny when you're traveling like in hotels and just like traveling around, you experience different toilets, which as many of you may know, I did talk about with Nikki in the Japanese toilet bidet episode, but that's not even what I'm talking about. When I was in Cabo at this point, it was three years, uh, two years ago, I was there with a boyfriend and the toilet had like a five foot drop. So like, and we'd been dating at this point two months. So it's like, he wasn't like super new, but it was still kind of new. And it was like, anytime someone used the restroom, whether you were going number one or number two, it's like everyone heard it hitting the water because it was like the biggest drop. It wasn't just, it was like a 50 foot drop. So like, say you were pooping, it took three hours to land in the toilet and then it was like the biggest splash. So that was really fun, especially because I had some loosey gooseys there. Um, I also always associate California with constipation. I don't know if it's just because it's like such a long flight 
or I, when I used to go previously, it was, I went to college out there undergrad, but more in more recent years, my in-laws were out there. So it probably was just the stress, but always I would go and just be constipated the whole time. And it was miserable. And then my last thing that comes to mind is a Hampton share house. It wasn't mine. It was my boyfriend at the time. I was like fresh out of college, um, early twenties. And it's like, you don't poop for three days. If you're a girl, if you're a guy, they go, they poop, they don't care. The whole house smells like their shit and they're comfortable with it. Girls, you go, you're clenching. You're like, I need to poop, but I can't poop here. It's so uncomfortable. And I'm sure every share house is different. This was like, I mean, my boyfriend, it was a new boyfriend who later became my husband, but like we were newly dating at this point. It was like six or seven or eight of him and his friends. We didn't have our own bathroom. It, it just, I hate, it's just like, it's so uncomfortable and it's so annoying and so awful. So if you've experienced anything that I've talked about or some other things, I'm going to get into how to not let that happen. I'm going to break down six digestion disrupting issues people run into while traveling. I'm going to tell you about how to not let these things disrupt your digestion. So the first one, I'm sure you all saw this a mile away because we all know my MVP, hydration, maintaining hydration. People really struggle with this while they're traveling. You don't want to pee in the middle of the car ride or the plane ride. You don't want to have to use the plane cabin bathroom. I get it. It's easy to forget your water bottle while you're traveling. There's no place to refill it. Remember, you need half your body weight in ounces per day. That's the goal. On planes, they're actually kept at a lower humidity than our typical normal environment. And the lower humidity in the air can lead to quicker dehydration. So you're not only dehydrating on a plane because you're not drinking, it's the humidity as well. So you're like double dehydrated. Ugh, drink your goddamn water. It can be tough and I, I get it. I always recommend sticking though to your normal hydration routines, planning out your hydration accordingly so that you're not totally fucked all day long. Like for me personally, I hydrate hydrate from the second I wake up. You all already know that. I bring a bottle with me obviously to the airport. They have filtered filling stations and I fill it up before getting on the plane. Obviously you have to arrive with it empty, go through security and then fill it up. If I don't want to deal with a bottle, like I bring a reusable bottle, you don't want to deal with it, fine. I have a trip. Sometimes I'm like, I'm not carrying that thing. Forget it. So I get there. I buy a one liter smart water bottle at Hudson News. I finish it before the flight and I refill it at the filling station up another liter before I board. I also always recommend asking for water on board. Don't be afraid to ask for those little water bottles. And so... I drink at least, you know, I'm drinking for the minute I wake up. I'm also drinking once I get through security, fill that thing up, refill it before you get on the flight, ask on board. And then as soon as I land, I chug more. Obviously, if you land and you, you have a three-hour car drive in a foreign country, fine. Don't chug your water at that point. I get it. But my point is I'm extremely cognizant of it because to me, if you start the trip off dehydrated, you're going to get constipated, you're doomed. I mean, you're not doomed, but it's like you're off on the wrong foot. And ideally, you're hydrated and maintaining your regularity from the start. Also not to mention, especially with plane travel, like I mentioned, you're already prone to dehydrate faster due to the lower humidity. So I'm going in there hydrated. I'm drinking the entire flight and I'm not letting anything promote constipation. So drink your water, stay on top of it. It's easy to let it fall to the wayside or not even think about it. But a long day of dehydrated travel will set you up for constipation and that's miserable. 
My next thing to mention is about sitting for extended periods of time. I've mentioned a thousand times how a lack of movement and sedentary lifestyle can cause constipation due to a lack of gastric motility. Moving our body stimulates GI tract movement or gastric motility, put simply. So that said, when you're seated for hours at a time or much longer than your usual time, your body's not used to it. This impacts the speed, of course, at which your GI tract is going to move and process food. And of course, the rate at which your colon is going to pass stool. I just have to say, I fucking hate this. I hate being seated for long periods of time. It's unavoidable on planes. Yes, you can stand up and walk the aisles, do some squats in the vestibule. It's some movement, but it's not fixing your problems. Definitely get up and walk, get the blood flow when you can. But like, honestly, it's hard. Um, if you have the opportunity to get your steps in before a big travel day, before a long flight, I say get up and do it. Obviously, some people have a 6 a.m. flight. They're like, I'm not getting up at 3 a.m. to like get 10,000 steps in. I get it. That's fair. But the point is movement, lack of movement. When you're sitting, that sedentary, long-ass flight, million percent going to impact your regularity. So move as much as you can. And I'll let you in on a little insider secret. I actually have a little dance that I do. It's called the poop dance. I'm not kidding. I've been doing it since high school. I don't give a fuck what anyone has to say about it. It always works for me and stimulates bowel movement. Only my parents and my brother know about it. And now I guess all of you do too. You're welcome. Basically what it is, I'm standing and I move my hips around like I'm doing the hula hoop. And you just do it quickly, maybe for 30 seconds. Like move your hips in a circle fast. I used to do it all the time in the morning before school if I wanted to poop before going to school because obviously I'd rather poop at home than poop at school. So this was like later in high school, I'd have water, I'd have some coffee, I'd do the poop dance. And I swear to God, every day that stool was ready to rock. I went and that was that, I was on my way to school. So try that before you travel. Or if you are in the cabin bathroom and you're like, I wanna poop, it's in there. Do some circular motions with your hips. Try 30 seconds, do it pretty quickly, see how it goes. Another aspect, to being seated on a plane that I have to mention. The pressurized cabin. So a lot of people don't realize this. The cabins are pressurized. We know that it's like we hear it, but we don't know what it means. But this can cause gas and bloating and disrupt your bowel movements. So me personally, I'm always bloated after flights and it's so annoying. No matter what I do, no matter what I eat, no matter what I drink, I come off, I'm like, why is my stomach distended? Don't get annoyed. Just go out your business. It'll be gone when you wake up the next day. The air just needs to work its way out of you. It's from the pressurized cabin. So take a gas X if you need instant relief, but don't freak out. Stress is not going to help you. As per usual, stay hydrated. Movement will help with this, but that's something to consider when you're seated on a flight for a long period of time. Now, this next one, maybe one of the biggest GI disruptors during travel, not pooping when you have to. Trust me, I get it. Who the fuck wants to poop on a train or on a plane or in an airport? They're dirty, they're uncomfortable, you lack privacy. Obviously, I have stories in these arenas. For your sake, I won't share them. But yeah, I've pooped in some unconventional situations. It is what it is. I've got some tips here for you because this sucks for everyone. Tip number one, Always go when you have to go to maintain regularity, like regularity, regularity, to maintain your regularity. Once you skip that first poop, so begins the backup. Welcome aboard constipation. 
get it out. I, and like I said, it's uncomfortable. You don't want to poop on the plane. You don't want to poop on the train. You don't want to poop in the airport bathroom. Just do it. Because if you start off the trip holding it in and not going when you have to, like I said, so begins the constipation. You're backing yourself up. My tip number two, which is like a piggyback off one, put your headphones in. Nobody's listening, I promise. But I find it's really helpful. One of those things like, well, if I can't hear it, nobody can hear it. Like if, if you can't see me, if I can't see you, they can't see me. I don't know, whatever it is. If they can't, if whatever, when you don't want to be seen. But this, it's like, if you can't hear it, they can't hear it. So put your headphones in, say you're in the airport and you have to poop. These days, most people have wireless headphones. That's the only reason I'm recommending it. I'm not saying have the string and be squatting the, to- the water. It, that's a recipe for disaster. I'm talking about wireless headphones. Put them in. No one's listening. Put up your music. Poop. No one can hear you. You can't hear it, so no one can hear you. You're going to feel less self-conscious and ideally have a smoother bowel movement. And my third tip for this, just remember, literally, nobody cares. Have you ever come out of the bathroom and been to your friend like, oh my God, someone was in there pooping. Like, yeah, it's a bathroom. That's where people poop. Nobody cares. I get that it's uncomfortable. I get you're self-conscious. Reminder, you're never seeing any of the airport people again. And everyone's doing the exact same thing you're doing because you're in the bathroom. So do your best to remind yourself of this, poop and move on. Also, here's a side note question for you. Would you rather poop in the plane bathroom or the airport bathroom? One pro to the plane is that it is private, but obviously it's super small and it's gross. The airport bathroom is bigger and less private, but it's still gross. Weigh your options, figure it out, but still I say go when you have to go. That's really the best way to maintain regularity. My next possible GI disturbance while traveling is time zone changes. Please remember, changes in time zones and sleep disruptions directly impact your circadian rhythm. That's that internal clock that literally dictates everything. I do have a future future episode coming for you on circadian rhythm in the gut. I'm very big into circadian rhythm. Mine is fully optimized. Just ask me. Love bragging about it. Love talking about it. Um, But so changes in time zones going to screw with the circadian rhythm. And you may not know this at night, your colon in quotes sleeps. It maintains like a less active or more dormant state. As soon as we wake up, it begins to operate with actually a threefold higher rate of activity. And this lasts for about an hour and a half or 90 minutes. That's why many people find it easiest to have a bowel movement first thing in the morning. So our colons have a natural rhythm and a clock. So when we travel and throw off that rhythm and clock, we tend to experience disruptions to our regularity, most likely constipation. This is why it's so important to actually go when you feel the need to go. When you don't go, you're throwing off that body's natural rhythm. In addition to the throw off, it's already going to get from a time zone change. Another aspect is sleep. So, cause this is directly impacted by circadian rhythm. So trying to sleep as regularly as possible. And again, I know that's hard with a time change or time zone change, but consistency with sleep is key. Since morning and waking, signals to our colon get moving and impacts its activity. Actually, I have a really interesting tidbit here. Some say, there's a decent amount of research that say fasting actually prevents jet lag. I have a dear friend that swears by this. She used to live in London. Um, She lives in New York now, but she did do a lot of back and forth travel. And no matter how long the flight is, she fasts. Only drinks water, obviously no alcohol. 
And then she eats as soon as she lands. So this signals to the body that you're when you're breaking the fast, this is the top of the day. And this helps signal the time change. The science is actually from back in 2008. And it found that a brief stint of self-deprivation or fasting effectively puts the body's internal clock on hold. So then when you come back down to ground, <laughs> when, you, when you leave the air um, and you reintroduce food, it starts the clock and it's saying basically, here we are beginning of the day. So fasting, then indulging in a big meal at the moment we want our body to believe it's morning is the key. It's actually something that's been used by many for decades. It's not really a new concept. The original research here was done by Dr. Clifford Saper. He did it on mice, not humans, but he found that fasting for 16 hours before deplaning was successful to prevent jet lag. When he travels, and he also received it from lots of people that have done it as well. So the one critical component of this is the 16-hour travel fast. You want the time, you want it to conclude when you get to your destination. Since breaking the fast is what signals to your body that food is available and thus now is the appropriate time to start your day. Obviously, that may not always be possible. You have to plan a little in advance with the 16 hours and when you're landing. But for example, like if you're taking a red eye from New York to London, you leave at 6.30 p.m. New York time and you're landing at 6.20 a.m. London time. You want your 16-hour fast to end at 6.20 a.m. London time and eat then. Because then this is going to signal to your body, it's morning. It's the start of the day. Whatever. And according to science, you won't be jet lagged. So you have to do the math in advance and identify the 16-hour starting time so you can begin your fast at the appropriate time. And then know, obviously, you're going to break the fast when you land. So it's worth a try. I personally have never done it. I will do it for my next long flight. I find it fascinating. And again, it, I think, too, it helps encourage people to stay hydrated because if you're not eating and all you can do is have water, you're going to drink that water. So just something to consider if you are very much into optimizing circadian rhythm, if you experience jet lag a lot, and obviously now I'm talking about traveler's constipation, if you want something to keep your body's rhythm on track, the fasting could be the way to go. Try it out. Let me know what you think. The fifth thing that oftentimes impacts digestion or gut issues when traveling is stress. We know the gut-brain access exists, and it allows stress to impact the gut. Mental stress can absolutely cause changes in bowel movements because it impacts the gut and gut disruptions can absolutely cause mental stress because as we know, it's bi-directional. They both communicate, goes both ways. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to the gut-brain access episode. But so stress can make us tense. When we're tense, we tighten, we clench, whether we recognize it or not. And nothing flows out as smoothly. That said, have you ever heard of pencil poops? I don't know if that's a scientific name, but basically... They're poops that are long and skinny and look like a pencil. I only have them when I'm stressed. And I realized more recently, probably took me way too long to realize this. I realized it's because everything's tighter. So the root for my stool, AKA my intestines, it's narrower because everything's tightened and clenched. So they come out like a pencil. How do you avoid this? De-stress, relax, deep breaths. Try not to stress over delays. Traveling can be stressful. You have delays, you have travel disruptions. You're seeing your in-laws or you're seeing people you don't wanna see. Whatever shitstorm you're currently enduring, you've got 12 kids, where's everyone's passport? It's stressful. When I see big families at the airport, good God, I'm like, what were they thinking? It's, there's, you always see the mom with like, she's got everyone's passport. She's got some laminated documents. She's got a folder. I'm like, 
that looks terrible. Can everyone just hold on to their own passport? But you know she's got that one kid who she, God forbid she gives them passport, that thing is long gone before they leave the driveway. You know it. So I do understand then why she's the one maintaining control of the passports, but like, ugh, I am clenching my butt right now thinking about it. It's, it looks stressful. So the point is if you have stress when you travel for whatever reason, or if you're nervous and that invokes stress, gotta relax. Um, you know, the stress, like I said, the tightening, this can lead to constipation. What I recommend when traveling, listen to some relaxing music. This is the perfect time to pop in your headphones and ignore that annoying person in the middle seat trying to talk to you. No one cares about your grandson. Sorry, Aunt Fanny, whatever her name is. Put some relaxing music on. Listen to a guided meditation or meditation apps. Do some deep breathing. I love coloring. I love puzzles. Go grab a book at Hudson News or wherever, whatever kind of store you have at your local airport. Listen to a podcast, get caught up in shit talk. But these are things to take your mind off the current stress, relax, take some deep breaths, reset, refocus, keep yourself relaxed. Ideally, this is, you're not in a life-threatening situation, put things into perspective. It's stressful, it's annoying, it's gonna be fine. My final and probably most obvious travel gut disruptor is changes in our food or diet when we're traveling. Depending on where you are, you may be trying new cuisines, which obviously is fun and exciting and a huge reason why we travel. You may also be drinking more alcohol, indulging in less healthy foods if you're on vacation, sugars, fries, treats, whatever. But changes in diet will directly impact your shit, whether it be more loosey-gooseys or more constipation. So for that, I say, remember your fiber, remember your water, and remember your steps. We, that's what I always go back to, fiber, water, steps, or steps meaning movement. That's really for everything, definitely constipation, but even just overall health. If there's three things you take away from shit talk, eat your fiber, drink your water, get some movement. For traveler's diarrhea, I have less to say on this shit talk topic, but more pe- I would say more people probably experience constipation, at least for the reasons I just got into. But if you're someone who is experiencing traveler's diarrhea, remember the brat diet from last week when I was talking about hangover runs. B-R-A-T, bananas, rice, applesauce, and toast. Remember, white rice, white toast, because fiber can aggravate the GI tract and we want it to rest. We don't want it having to work harder to break down the whole grains. Brat diet is meant to slow transit time, help bind, and adds electrolytes. The banana is obviously well known for their potassium. But if you have true traveler's diarrhea and think you contracted some sort of like parasitic infection or foodborne illness, obviously seek medical attention. The brat diet's not going to be enough for that. You're going to need some sort of medication, something to help. But if you're just someone who's like stressed and you tend to have loosey-gooseys when you're stressed and you're traveling stressed, this will help slow transit time and help you. Um, Obviously hydration, always number one, get that banana, keep the food bland. This is why like white rice, white toast, You don't want spicy food. You don't want alcohol. You don't want anything too elaborate. It's just going to aggravate the GI tract. Keep it bland. Take the electrolytes, drink your water, and get yourself back to 100. And there you have it. Just to do a quick recap, if you're traveling and you want to avoid GI disruptions, stay hydrated, move, poop when you actually have to, be mindful of your time zone changes, perhaps try the fasting, try to stay relaxed and don't stress, And be cognizant of your dietary changes when you're traveling. Are you really high in sugar, really high in alcohol, low on your water? Are you 
low on your fiber. These are things that will pretty quickly impact your GI tract. So that said, safe travels this summer, everyone. Please enjoy and stay regular. I'm going to say stay. Maybe that should be my new slogan, stay regular, because then, you know, keep it regular. Most people aren't regular. That's what really motivated me to do this podcast. I had no idea until I was in the clinical setting that everyone is fucking constipated and sounded miserable. So that's how I'm going to sign off today. Stay regular, safe travels, and stay regular.